Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining me for another episode of the Typical Skeptic Podcast. Um, tonight, we're going to be talking about the abduction phenomena. We're going to be getting further into it with someone who's um, pretty involved. He started the organization for Paranormal Understanding and Support, which they primarily deal with abduction cases, but he'll get into that. Let me tell you about my guest. I have with me Lester Velez or Les Velez. He's a graduate of University of Vermont with a Bachelor of Science and degree in Business Administration. Beginning in September of 1970, he served in the U.S. Army as a field artillery officer and was later vice president of the Lefscom Engineering, a Silicon Valley-based manufacturer's representative company. He joined MUFON, the Mutual UFO Network, in 1991 and has held the following positions. Field investigator, training coordinator for field investigators, the assistant state director in Northern California, chairman for AERC, the Abduction Experience Research Committee, and team leader at ART, Abduction Response Team. Also during that time, he became a facilitator for the abduction support group in San Jose, California, and in 1994 co-founded OPUS, the Organization for Paranormal Understanding and Support. Wes, thank you for joining me. How are you? Good, good, Robert. Thank you very much for having me. Good. I guess the first question I guess I would ask you is like, how did you get involved in this, uh, in, 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 the, in, the abduct, in the abductions and ufology in general? Well, you know, basically it started for me when I was 11 years old and I saw this object uh, hovering over a tree line near my house. Uh, and, uh, you know, the next day I decided I better go go to the library and start reading about UFOs. And back in those days, George Adamski was the big hitter. And so, uh, uh, you know, reading about his experiences with the Venusians and uh, things of that nature. So, uh Anyway, uh, you know, as I got older, uh, kind of faded in, in my thinking. And uh, it wasn't until I moved out to California in 1985 uh, that I picked up the San Jose Mercury News and Stanton Freeman was going to be talking about UFOs and the government cover-up. Well, needless to say, I, you know, somebody like threw a switch and I got, oh my goodness, I got I to gotta go check this out. So I went to, you know, the auditorium there at San Jose City College, expecting to see a handful of people, when in fact, uh, the auditorium was full. And uh, he gave one of his inimitable uh, presentations uh, that were, you know, quite remarkable, uh, with the, even with the redacted information that he had. Um, and when I was on my way out uh, in the foyer, uh, a lobby area of the auditorium, uh, MUFON had a table and uh, Mutual UFO Network, and uh, which is an organization that was founded in 1969 to uh, understand the scientific basis behind the uh, UFO phenomenon. So uh, they publish a journal, uh, a monthly journal, uh, and I decided, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get it and start reading about cases. Well, shortly... You know, it didn't take me very long before I decided, well, this is not enough. I got to get more involved. And so they have a field investigator program where they uh, you get a manual that uh, covers just about all the aspects that you can think of with regard to what, a, you know, a field investigator should do and how they should do it. And uh, so I did. I became a field investigator. And uh, this is when things got interesting. Uh, not only were people seeing you know objects but they were claiming that they had contact with non-human intelligences 
And so that kind of blew me away. And, and, and so they, you know, these people would ask me, do I know of other people having similar circumstances in their lives? And, and I said, yes. And so the next thing I know, I'm facilitating a support group in San Jose that met on a monthly basis. And that's where I, you know, started to really learn about the abduction phenomena from these people and their experiences that they, they were having. Uh, and, and do you think it's, it's from those people that we can really tell that a real phenomenon is going on? And the reason why I ask that is because I'm not an experiencer myself, but I interview a lot of experiencers and I believe them. But I mean, like, the, the, you know, there's a lot of skeptics out there and they'll try to say that it's sleep paralysis, but even though people are getting abducted during the day, so, I mean, would you say it's in the experiencers that we're going to find that there's this real phenomena going on? Yes, I, I totally believe that uh, there, there is a phenomenon going on. And the big question is, what is it? Um, there's no question about it that, uh, you know, when people come away uh, from this phenomena and, and basically do not know where to turn to talk to people about this, uh, you know, typically uh, family members uh, can't even... Uh, they can't even talk to family members about this because they think they're afraid they're, they're, they're crazy. And then they go to a, a psychologist or a psychiatrist and then they find out that uh, they're not crazy. So then what? <laughs> where, where do you turn then? And uh, so, uh, you know, when you talk to these people most, you know, the vast majority of these people do not want this information, you know, as far as their uh, experience out there in any big way. Uh, they're quite reticent about, uh, you know, revealing uh, these types of things that are going on. So it's not, they're not looking for notoriety, you know, unless they say the, the vast majority uh, have, you know, no interest in, you know, uh, being on the stage and talking about these things. So it's really, it's really good when you do have a person that is, is, is willing to open up and, and talk about their experiences. And uh, the uh, organization that I co-founded in 1994, OPUS, the Organization for Paranormal Understanding and Support, gives them an opportunity to, to talk to other people uh, that are having experiences via the online support group, which we have almost 300 people uh, in the group from around the world that are talking to one another 24-7. And it's totally confidential. The only way you get in there is by going to our website, which is opusnetwork.org and, uh, you know, filling out a form, uh, a request for support in some way, shape or form, whether it's uh, looking for a therapist uh, looking to be included in the support group. But getting back to your, your original question, I, I firmly believe based on, on various factors, whether it's physical uh, evidence that uh, these people are uh, having some type of phenomena happen to them, whether it's implants that they, they come up with, whether it's marks on the body, uh, you know, various types of uh, uh, other physical manifestations, whether it's nosebleeds, based, uh, uh, you know, uh, like I say eye involvement, uh, where you know after a supposed event that they, they may have issues with eyes. But then the flip side of, of all these things is the fact that a lot of these people uh, have had 
issues, uh, you know, ailments of some medical uh, issues that are healed. And uh, Preston Dennett is, is a gentleman that just uh, came out with a book about uh, the healing that uh, is going on. And uh, not only that, but then the, the other side of the coin is that a lot of these people that after a, uh, an experience uh, become psychic and then they also become, become healers, that they have the ability to heal people. And I've been involved with a person uh, from Canada uh, that I've had a back issue for years and years and he became a healer. And so he worked on me from afar. And I tell you, I haven't had a problem since. <laughs> so it's amazing. It so is. Do you, think, do you think they're here to raise our consciousness? And like, I mean, would you say that, I mean, I'm, I, let me get into this. Maybe this will provide further details. What was the Omega-3 study? Well, the Omega-3 study was a study that was done back in 2007 uh, and was funded by MUFON, actually. Uh, and uh, the result of a, of a conversation that I had with the uh, then uh, international director, James Carrion, and uh, basically... We, uh, we wanted to better understand what was, what was happening uh, to the uh, uh, abductees, the experiencers. And uh, we took uh, 71 people that claimed that they had contact with non-human intelligences and 51 people as a control group. And uh, we had them uh, go through various uh, uh, questionnaires uh, on, on various levels, psychological issues, uh, uh, mental issues. And the bottom line is, and, and I can read you some of the, uh, the conclusions uh, to, to that. Uh, the first one is in general, abductees and experiences profile differently than do their comparison counterparts on a number of general psychological and specific neurological variables. Yet there are remarkable similarities between the experiential group and the comparison group. It should be noted that in no case did experiencers or comparison group participants show any signs of mental illness or personality disorder? So that's number one. These people are not crazy, folks. <laughs> Fantasy proneness, which is talked about a lot, does not appear to play a differentiating role between the experiential and the control uh, groups. However, sensitivity to alternate, re uh, excuse me, alternative realities and early in uh, recurrent paranormal or psi experiences seem to play a role in the abduction experience. Childhood conflict, so, psychosocial tension and abuse and trauma more than likely facilitate dissociative coping style. Now, when they say dissociative, there, there are clinically uh, psychopathological issues with dissociation, but in this case, it's basically a coping mechanism and it's not a psychopathology. So uh, that was an interesting fact. Both interest with and, uh, uh, and the, uh, of the induction phenomena have impact on how one's body is perceived to function, how one views the world and one's purpose, and how one defines or redefines one's fake tradition and beliefs. In essence, both experience with and interest in contact seem to change one's sense of self and, and uh, you know, one's worldview. And this is, this is very true because most of these people come away with the feeling that, hey, we need to be better 
not only to ourselves, but we need to be better to our fellow man. And then we need to be better to this planet. We need to understand the, uh, the types of impact that we're having on the planet. And because it's, uh, it's all connected and it's a living mechanism, uh, uh, you know, type of a, a situation. It's a living entity uh, that we're, oh, we're yeah. on. And so abductees experiences believe that there is a sentient, purposive alien intelligence at play in their lives and at work in the world. What the intelligence goals are seem to be more beneficent than benevolent, more benign than malignant. This also remains an open question. And you have people that are having, you know, very positive, probably like 80% are having positive uh, reactions, although the initial uh, contact can be quite scary and, and traumatic. Uh, but you still have 20% of the people, maybe a little bit more, that are having difficulty, uh, you know, on a constant basis with the uh, with these entities. And so uh, it's something that, uh, you know, we need to be open to and, and to understand that, hey, maybe like here on Earth, we got good people and we got bad people. And the same thing is going on up there that we have good aliens and we have bad aliens. And so it's unfortunate that some people are running into the bad ones. And, uh, and, and fortunately that the majority are running into good ones. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I agree with you. And, and I, you, I, I like the way you put it because I've had both, you know, I've had Daryl Sims on my show. I'm sure you're familiar with him and I'm oh, yeah. Kathleen Martin on my show. And sure. I, put, I put those two at the different ends of the spectrum because Daryl's all about their negative and they're here as demons or, you know, they're, they're here as, yeah. you know, but then Kathleen looks at it from a more positive perspective. So, you know, I like the way you put it where, you know, that, you know, there's good and bad aliens. And I think that that's possibly the whole, that's, that's what's actually going on. I think we're being visited by a lot of different intelligences, but I, I heard someone say this, I heard someone say, this intelligence wears different masks. Did you ever hear that saying like that it, it wears different masks? Yeah, I think I think what that person is referring to is the fact that uh, they can disguise themselves as just about anything, uh, you know, and, and put that into your mind, uh, you know, that makes you comfortable or not comfortable. Uh, so, uh, you know, that they, they can morph into uh, something based on what they're doing with your mind, I think. I don't think it's... Most cases, an actual physical thing that's going on with them, but it's it's more of a telepathic uh, ability to change uh, what's happening in your mind, so that hey, this is a big big teddy bear that I'm dealing with. You know, that's okay. I'm I'm comfortable with that, as opposed to this you know reptoid uh, looking thing with the nasty teeth and you know scales. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, it's 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 very interesting. Uh, uh, so, there, well, go, sorry, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, what brought the, about the creation of Opus? Like, because you that 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 was was that from dealing with the experiencers and everything? Well, yeah. One day, I I I, I was written up in the uh, Monterey Coast Weekly paper about what I do with MUFON, and uh, uh, there was another uh, woman that. Uh, uh, her name was Carol Austin, uh, who was written up in the article. And uh, based on what I, 
you know, what was said about me, she contacted me afterwards and said, you know, I'd love to know what's going on with my brain waves when I'm in contact with these off earthly entities. So, uh, and I said to myself, well, okay. Uh, you know, I don't know what I can do for her, but, uh, then she said she was dealing with a uh, emergency room doctor down at Carmel. And uh, so I uh, have a, a friend at the time, uh, Dr. Eugene Lipson, who was interested in, in uh, connecting with other doctors uh, that were interested in, in the, this phenomena. And so uh, we decided to go down there and visit her. Uh, and so this one afternoon, it was a Saturday afternoon, we went down there. And uh, it all started right away. The events just blew our minds. There was a picture on the wall and she was standing on the back of this, uh, you know, large yacht. Uh, And uh, I said, what's this all about? She says, oh, I was helping these treasure hunters uh, find treasure. I said, really, How, how are you doing that? He says, well, I was in contact with the captain of the galleon that went down. So we wow. said, okay. And, uh, and the rest of the afternoon, she was telling us uh, things about ourselves, that there was no possible way that she could uh, know these things. And what we come to find out is that she had a near-death experience, uh, you know, years ago, that afterwards she became very psychic. And um, so, you know, all these things seem to be connected, whether you're talking about near death, whether you're talking about reincarnation, whether you're talking about ghosts, orbs, uh, grays, you name it, there seems to be a real, real connection between uh, all of this. And so we came away that afternoon after talking with her and saying to ourselves, well, how could we possibly help her? And opus was hatched that afternoon uh, uh, we decided we we need to put together an organization and that's that's how how it got started i uh, uh was you know didn't know where it was going to go and how how we were going to deal with it but the bottom line is we got some really good people involved with it and uh got our official you know irs nonprofit status 5013c uh status and uh been been doing our thing ever since and you know when we talk about paranormal that includes so many different areas whether you're talking about poltergeist activity a spiritual awakening but as it turns out most of the things that we got involved with uh, were uh, abduction type uh, cases and you know and so I, I always scratch my head a little bit uh, maybe that's why i don't have a whole lot of hair uh <laughs> that uh, uh you know how how we seem to have focused in on this and it's not through any particular um you know a, a forethought that we that's all we were going to do we, we were totally open and we have we have consultants that are involved with other areas that we can uh recommend to people when they contact us and so uh that's 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 kind of how it is and, and our website uh, opusnetwork.org uh, is is out there and uh, uh i've recently uh, wrote a book uh called the unknown other uh which i can flip up here uh and the existential proposition of alien contact and the forward is by uh, linda moulton howe 
Well, I really look up to her. She's uh, she's a great writer. She's yeah, absolutely. And I've known her for years and years and years. Uh, too many to talk about. And uh, um, yeah, it was really gracious of her to uh, write the forward to the book. And uh, when you talk about existential. What do you mean by the existential existence? Well, I think it's 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 basically the truth. It's the truth. It's it's it. There's two two different meanings of existential. One is 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 a true statement, uh, the truth about you know this phenomena, and the other is that it's a it's a life threatening type of a thing or it could be a life-threatening type of a thing you know we we all the latest uap report you know is out there now you know that was published in the june uh 25th uh from the government and uh that uh you know they're, they're looking at it as a possible threat um yeah and and some people certainly believe that and uh and i think that uh, certainly uh I don't know if you, you you saw it just yesterday. Uh, Robert Salas had a uh, national press club uh, presentation on the you, you basically the UFOs and, and the uh, uh, how they how they've been involved with uh, our nuclear weapons uh, uh, facilities. And uh, it, it, if you haven't caught it, you really need to take a look at it. It's on YouTube and. Uh, what did and he so, say? I mean, I know they've been involved, but do you, did you? Can you recap a little bit about like what he? Because well, I know they, they've flown over and they've stopped them and stuff sometimes. But like, yeah, they they had multiple you know witnesses and, and stories about the fact that these UFOs that have been sighted by many people over these facilities, and in some cases, like uh, with the missiles. Uh, they've been able to shut them down. They, they have interacted with our system and been able to shut these things down. And then there was another report uh, that goes back a little bit further uh, that talks about a Atlas missile test with a warhead. And uh, it was a dummy warhead, of course. And uh, they were basically doing testing. And this UFO came in and they got it on film. They got it on film and shooting a ray at the at the with the warhead and basically it it, it, it blew it up uh, oh wow was at the tumble so yeah and, and i think again it, it's stuff that is you know pretty dramatic but at the same time it's almost like uh, uh giving us a heads up and saying guys you know this nuclear stuff you gotta you gotta cut it out and yeah. you know and if you don't we will uh type of a situation so uh yeah pretty pretty impressive uh information that was put out there yesterday i agree i i feel like if we could just try if we could if we if we all as a society could come together and realize there is a a, a bigger existence like there's this alien existence like and then we wouldn't be as i think ronald reagan said that he said it best like if there was an alien threat like how fast would the world come together? But it's not even really a threat. It's just, they're saying like, get your stuff together, but it's kind of both in the same way. Like, you know, it's like you said, like that we should wake up to the truth that they're here, but they're at the same time, humanity shouldn't be arguing with each other over like, you know, we shouldn't be worried about Russia and China and, you know, and, 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 and unfortunately it's a it's a huge part of like what what happens like there's been man in war for year for thousands of years and like 
I don't know how we could ever put an end to that, but it, it seems like we're at a point where we were highly conscious people and we could get to that. I could see us maybe getting to that point at some, you know. Well, well, uh, yeah, I, I think that uh, th this is one of the underlying factors that's going on with the uh, contact that's going uh, on with the experiencers, abductees, that uh, they're, they're given a, a different sense of being and uh, uh, that uh, their, their worldview changes, uh, you know, that they may have been, uh, you know, meat eaters before, but now they're vegans or they, they, they were more, you know, left winger or right wingers and now they're left wingers or, you know, various things like that, you know, uh, that are occurring. Uh, but I think most of it uh, is very positive. And so if you believe that there's been millions and millions of people abducted, uh, which supposedly th that's the case, I mean, going back to the Roper organization in 92, uh, that uh, they published the report on that, that there, at that time there was like 6 million people. That was just wow. in the United States. So, so now, you know, go, go forward, you know, a whole lot of years. And what do you have? Uh, you know, and it's worldwide. This phenomenon is worldwide. It's it's not just here in the United States. Uh, it's all over the place. It, you know, when we talk about the uh, Opus uh, support group, uh, we've got people from Australia, New Zealand, South Africa. Uh, I've got a person uh, from uh, Turkey. Uh, uh, I got one from Iran, even believe it or not. <laughs> wow. Um, and uh, the UK, uh, Germany, uh, it's happening all over the place. And so uh, it's, uh, it's interesting, very interesting. Do you think they might have introduced their genes into our, um, do you think they might have introduced alien DNA like into our, our population with hybrids or um, what, are you, what are your thoughts on hybrids? Well, that's that's a good question, and and uh, I I vacillate back and forth on this one. Um, I I think that certainly when you talk about the experiences that uh, abductees are related, where they're taking sperm or eggs, so what are they doing with those sperm or eggs? Okay, uh, they're creating some kind of life in a test tube, uh, or are they mixing it up with their DNA? Uh, which seems to be the case, uh, reported by uh, these people that have seen, have been on a board of craft and, and have seen the large tanks with these uh, uh, babies in them uh, that look pretty strange. Uh, but then there's you know more recent reports about the fact that they, they've kind of perfected uh, at least some groups have perfected uh, these uh, hybrids to the point where you can't tell them from you or I. You know, you, Robert, maybe you're a hybrid. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, you know, it, it. We don't have, according to. Uh, uh, Gary Nolan at Stanford University, uh, you know, we don't have something over here that says this is uh, alien DNA. And then, of course, we have our DNA. But how, you know, that combination, you know, we can't tell because we don't have the alien DNA. Or maybe somebody does uh, somewhere. <laughs> uh, our government, perhaps, yeah. uh, has alien DNA. Um, 
and then I, there's a book out there uh, called Rachel's Eyes uh, by Helen Luttrell, who I've talked to a couple number of times, actually. And she was in our support group uh, in San Jose. Uh, she would come to that and talks about her daughter uh, going to school, uh, college with a hybrid. And the fact that uh, the, the military was involved coming and feeding her, leaving special food for her to eat and things of that nature and then supposedly her one day uh, helen going to a base where they kept uh hybrids and most of these uh hybrids uh came about through crashed ufos that were recovered and and so uh there's supposedly a whole whole uh, system that's set up to retrieve crashed UFOs, deal with the occupants, and and, and then uh, help the help them in some way, or or to try to uh, garner information from them. It, it gets a little foggy, but uh, the bottom line is that supposedly there there definitely are hybrids out there, and uh, wow. but I, I'd like to see some definite you know, DNA kind of proof, because we have people that, you know, come to us and say that, well, I, I, I believe I'm a hybrid. And then you'd ask him why. And then and this one uh, particular person who's, who's since passed away, Cynthia Crawford, uh, her organs were all in the wrong places. <laughs> so, so you, you you start wondering is well you know maybe maybe that's that's she's a hybrid yeah and then what about implants like i know daryl sims has dealt with the implants and roger lear like what do you think about implants well i think they're they're definitely for real uh these things are happening uh you know dr roger lear uh did a, a number of uh, extractions i think 17 of them and uh, they came up with some pretty interesting things. Matter of fact, I can I can read you what they found. This, yeah, that'd this, be interesting. This, yeah, yeah. So, you know, usually when when you have something in your body that's foreign, you get this inflammatory reaction because your body tries to reject it. So, no inflammatory rejection uh, reaction by the body to, uh, body to these uh, foreign objects. No visible portal of entry. You know, wow. there's no there's, there's collection, collections of specialized nerve endings surrounding the object, an outer coating of ceramic biological material. Now, that's kind of interesting. A metallic phase where inorganic metal becomes biological tissue. Wow. The emission of radio waves, which are deep space frequencies in the FM band, electromagnetic fields in excess of 10 milligauss. Composition of meteor, meteoric iron, 66. Rare earth metals such as U-236, a single isotope of uranium existing by itself, as well as elements such as iridium, which is a very rare and hard to find earth crust. Non-terrestrial isotopic ratios indicating the involved elements did not come from earth. The, the existence of carbon nanotubes uh, the oldest of these was a specimen taken from one of the surgical patients, which had been in their body for over 46 years, which was old enough to eliminate back engineering from UFO crash sites such as Roswell. 
gold spheres which have unknown function, metallic caverns that are no larger than the diameter of one atom, resistance to ordinary cutting techniques such as metallic sawing or severing with a cutting instrument. I mean, it, it, it's just amazing stuff. That, yeah, you know, it really that, is. It, it really makes you think. Deep space radio waves, like it makes you think. Like what? It, 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 I talked to Daryl Sims about it, and he thinks like, you know, that they could have something to do with the um, norepinephrine, like the, the the neurotransmitters in your body that they can affect that somehow. But like, you know, um, well, it, what's the purpose? You know, what's the purpose of the implant? Uh, I've heard, you know, a number of things. One is that it, it's it's monitoring pollution levels. <laughs> uh, that's an interesting one. Uh, I've never heard that. Yeah, that's a yeah. Good I just heard that the other day, uh, that uh, these things, of course, could be uh, monitoring uh, health issues in some way, uh, which, again, goes back to uh, monitoring pollution levels. Uh, maybe it's a transmitter, like uh, they he described, uh, you know, it's a transmitter uh, of frequencies, uh, deep space type frequencies. Uh, is it just a tracking device uh, of some sort? Although uh, I guess a lot of people are saying they don't need need to uh, utilize that as a tracking device. They can find you, <laughs> I guess, other ways. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, or it's a control device of some sort that, you know, they can, they can cause you to maybe do certain things uh, uh, or wake up when you don't want to wake up or, I mean, just a whole lot of possibilities as to what these things are doing. And, you know, you, you hear about the fact that when they, uh, Dr. Lear tried to uh, have one uh, removed, uh, it moved, <laughs> it tried to get away. Uh, so, you know, yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's some it's pretty amazing stuff. Um, what, what would you say? Like, um, people most people are, are dealing with like with the the, the physical the psychological and physiological characteristics of alien contact would you say yeah well of course you know the the, the psychological uh, things that are going on with people is certainly the initial stages are quite stressful and fearful uh, and, and and so you have high levels of anxiety that that occur um, you know you have uh, flashbacks that are going on, uh, sleep disturbances, phobias, inappropriate reactions such as what occurred with many people uh, saw the cover of uh, Whitley Strieber's book, uh, Communion. Uh, you know, a lot of people freaked out when they saw that. Uh, you got depression, uh, confusion, PTSD. That's a, that's a big one. Uh, there seems to be a lot of that uh for people certainly in the initial phases and and when i say phases uh, you 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 basically are, are are looking at three stages that i've i've seen over and over again where the beginning phase is is quite frightening it, it's difficult to deal with and then they come to uh accept it and and and, and they're able to uh, uh basically uh bring it into their, their normal life existence, uh, uh, integrate it into their, into their life. And then the third stage is when it stops and then they wonder why it is stopping. It's almost like the, uh, uh, the Stockholm syndrome. And so, uh, 
these types of things are are are, are very common uh, attributes of, of what's been going on. Uh, as far as the physical things, I mean, you've got things like metallic taste in your mouth, uh, feeling of heat, uh, in some cases sunburns that people have uh, had. Um, so you, you've got you know people talking about being taken up in a beam of light. Uh, you got. Uh, being laid on a table on, on board a craft. Uh, there's, there's just, you know, the implants as, as we talked about as far as the physical. I mentioned nosebleeds earlier. You got paralysis, reoccurring headaches, uh, puncture marks, eye and vision problems, un unusual stains. People have reported, you know, waking up in the morning and having a stain on their bed, uh, which it's not them, it's not, none of their bodily fluids, but they don't know where, where it came from. Um, uh, certain marks like red marks, dots on their body, uh, tri uh, triangular marks. Uh, so it, it's, it's a vast array of things. Uh, I think someone, I think it was Melinda Leslie that put together like 58 different things that uh, you might consider uh, you you being a <laughs> abductee based on these factors. Um, so it, it's a, it's a process that these people are going through, not only physically but mentally. And uh, when you when you start working with them and, and trying to help them, uh, you understand that you know once you get by the uh, the the psychopathology issue, if there is one, uh, in some cases there are, uh, but you know, the vast majority of people that, uh, uh, you know, end up, uh, coming our way. I've already, you know, gone to a psychiatrist or a psychologist to check that out. And, uh, you know, we, we believe that something is going on. So is it extraterrestrial? Uh, is it, uh, interdimensional? Is it, time travelers is it the military well i kind of believe it's all of the above or anything you can possibly think of i do too i believe it's all of the above like i believe the military is involved i mean i don't know how far it goes that's what i was going to ask you about next and like you know like if, you know why the government made it might have went out of their way to cover up abductions like did we have possible treaties with aliens like you know a lot of people talk about eisenhower and the treaty and and it, like and we're not sure if he was him or if it was somebody else who, you know, or MJ-12. I heard MJ-12 signed a treaty with Gray's. Like, have you heard about all this different stuff? Oh, sure. Yeah, this has been out there for quite a while. And uh, I, I would, you know, back in the early days of my investigations, I probably uh, was a little bit uh, more skeptical. But as I've gotten older and more information that's come my way, uh, I find that uh, these things are probably true. Wow. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, Haim Ashed, this uh, retired general in the Israeli army, uh, who's uh, been involved with uh, various uh, programs, you know, came out with this book basically saying that, oh, yeah, we're we're in contact with the aliens and uh, uh, we, you know, they don't want to show uh uh, you know, the American people or anybody at this point, the people of the earth that they're here because they feel that we're not ready and that there's there's 
you know, this agreement between us and them, uh, and that uh, uh, the uh, we have bases on the moon and there's bases on Mars, and, uh, and so you know, you're starting to hear it from more and more very credible sources. And then, you know, you go back to, to the book that uh, Colonel Corso wrote, you know, uh, about the day after Roswell and uh, reverse engineering things off these spacecraft and, and seeing the alien bodies. And, uh, and so many people have uh, uh, come forth and, and talked about the fact that, yes, that, that Roswell is for real. It's, it's not a fake you know, it wasn't a, a weather balloon or, or any kind of balloon uh, or dummies that were dropped uh, to test uh, uh, parachutes or whatever they were testing at the time. Anyway, um, so more and more information is coming forward on a, on a, on a regular basis. And uh, like I said yesterday, uh, they had that uh, National Press Club uh, presentation uh, by uh, Robert Salas, the retired captain, and uh, two other people uh, that were involved uh, with that particular situation uh, of the Maelstrom uh, Air Force Base uh, missile shutdown. Um, and so they presented some really good good information. So uh, something that, uh, you know, it, it's just, you wonder how long the government can just hold out and, and not present it to the public, you know, in a, in a bigger way. Uh, you know, maybe they're afraid that it's going to cause panic in some way, shape or form. But I think I would rather know about something like this as opposed to not knowing about it. So we can be prepared for any eventuality, whether it's positive or negative. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I think that, uh, you know, so far, based on uh, all the abductions that 80% have been positive and then there's 20% that have been negative. So, um, yeah. And I, I think Kathleen Martin agrees with that. I mean, she, when I had her on my show, her study showed the same, I, it was probably the, I think that was the rope. Was that, what did you say? Was that, was that the rope or pole that they said that the 80% of contact experiences were positive? No, it's actually, uh, she she actually did a, uh, a survey, uh, her information, uh, the free free group uh, the, uh, that also came up with that kind of statistics. And uh, I, I just recently, uh, along with uh, uh, Russ Galpone, uh, uh, finished the first phase of the Omega-4 study, which is a follow-on to the Omega-3 study. How clever of us to name it, the Omega-4 study. <laughs> uh, and uh, where we went out to uh, clients, uh, or not clients, but to, to therapists and, and got their opinion on, on, on uh, this phenomena. And so we're going to be publishing that information uh, shortly. Uh, but, uh, you know, we, we're finding, you know, very similar kinds of things uh, with that study as well. Well, I'll have to have you back on the show when you when you release that because I'd love to hear more sure. about 
Like that's awesome. Like anything to further this uh, phenomena, like and further the 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 truth about what's coming out. Because I know there's a lot of disinformation out there. But and I've I've had people come on my show. Like I've had, like you said, Preston Dennett. I've had Kim come on, and I had a lady from Australia named Judy Carroll come on, and she told me that there was a lot of disinformation coming out about you know, like she even went as far as to say that there's like, you know, like there's like fake grays that the government makes up that he that they make and Stephen Greer talks about these and um and then there's real grays who are actually benevolent so there, there's so much to, to dis, dissent there's so much to figure out like and uh it's it's hard to it's hard to know what's what you know what I mean because you yep. get so much information from so many different places or at least yeah I, I think that uh you know when you talk about uh fake grays uh and there's so many reports uh, of uh, people uh, being being abducted, and not only having uh, your typical greys or your mantis type people or Nordics, but you also you also have uh, military people involved. And in some cases, uh, yeah, I've heard that uh, they've been kind of disguised. Uh, in, 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 in ways that uh, may appear to be. Uh, I had one case uh, that I worked on a number of years ago where it was obvious that this, this entity or person was wearing a mask. Oh, and wow. It was, it, it was a funny mask. It, I mean, it was funny in the sense that it had big round eyes and then it, it had like, it almost looked like a mop. You know, one of those crazy, crazy uh, mops on on top of on top of that mask, and uh, and this was wow. along along with a typical gray that was also there. So it, you know, if they were trying to uh, uh, <laughs> have a, have some fun, yeah. uh, or or they were just want didn't want to you know have the person recognize who it was or possibly recognize who it was yeah pretty strange well uh, again thank you again for doing this you want to hold up your book again and tell everybody where they can find you and find your book and everything absolutely yeah it's it's called the unknown other and the existential proposition of alien contact with the forward by linda howe uh you can go to our website opusnetwork.org and the home page, first page that comes up, you'll see the book there. And you can click on that. It'll take you straight to Amazon. We are an Amazon affiliate. And therefore, we get a, a small commission every time uh, a person buys a book through us. And we have also a number of other books in our recommended reading section. So, you know, if there's a book out there or anybody wants uh, to get, uh, we have a lot of them listed. Uh, or if you have any suggestions as to, as far as books, uh, you can just contact me through our website, opusnetwork.org. That's awesome. Well, th- thank you again. It was very nice meeting you. Thank you for doing this. Oh, uh, you bet. Thank you, Robert. Appreciate it. All right. Until next time, have a good day. <laughs>